Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Pressing Issues Episode 2. I'm your host, Rowan Grover. I'm Joe Brown. And this is our second episode, like you said. Number two. Number two. Wow. Baby. Back number two with, a, I don't know, a bullet, something like that. Pressing Issues 2, Press Harder. <laughs> do you know what I realised last, um, last episode that we didn't do at all, though? Mm. We didn't introduce ourselves. Like, I, like, people tuning in to listen have absolutely no idea who we are. Good. And if we have the bona fides to <laughs> be talking about any of this, that's fine. No, so give them, give them a little, a little. Who, Rowan? Who are you? Oh well, what have I done? I've read a lot of comics in my life. Um, I've written a bunch about comics for websites like Multiversity Comics. Uh, have been scouted. Yeah, recently by Comic Book Resources, <laughs> which I was like, um, they were going to pay you a little, not, not a lot of money. <laughs> I was like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I don't have time to write clickbait articles. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. There are some good articles on CBR. Whatever. Wish them the best. I just did all not the be- all the best back to them at all. Um, yeah, I just like comics. They're good. Joe, what's your background? I oh, am. I also oh. have a degree in creative writing. Oh, okay. Chuck that in. Fancy, there. fancy, fancy person. Anyone wants to hire me? Yeah. Um, I'm also a writer, and I have been reading comics for going on eleven years now. Um, and that's it. And Rowan and I have just been talking about comics for the last. Four years together? Yeah. If you want to get real into the intro- origin story of John our own, Our own origin. Yeah, we worked together in a cafe in Sydney. Uh, Paramount Coffee Project. Shout out. Yeah, pretty good one. Mm. Uh, and yeah, we just talked about comics all the fucking time. Never stopped. Yeah. And we thought, why don't we somehow make this a legitimate thing and talk about comics to other people? Yeah. Um, but yes, I also have, I am a playwright and screenwriter, um, and I also have a master's degree in creative writing, just to one up, one up you. That's like two bit. up me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, this is episode two. This is Pressing Issues. This, this podcast is about us comparing runs of comics. We take two runs by a creator or with a character in mind and we squish them together we and we press them we press them together and we have a little gander and we we come up we dissect them and we decide which one comes which out one on, comes top. on top and as always we have producer cohen manning the boards for us cohen de Groot. it sounds just absolutely wonderful just crisp just so crisp yeah and so anyway this is episode two so last week we took last week we talked about Superman. Yeah. We started with a bang. So, um, following on for that, thematically, we're, mm. we're going with the second part of the DC trilogy. Trinity. Trinity. That's what that second movie should have been called. Anyway. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, so, we're going with Wonder Woman. Mm. Normally, the you know, you'd think the second one from Superman would be Batman, but we've decided to hold off on Batman just for a little bit longer. Yeah, we'll tease you. We'll just tease you a little bit, and we thought we'd go to Wonder Woman, because it's she's not a character that gets discussed enough, yeah. I think. I, I agree, which is a shame, because I I love Wonder Woman. I really like Wonder Woman. I, like, I think she's a little bit of a blind spot for me yeah. in terms of the comics, but... I liked both those movies, you know. I actually haven't seen 1984. Hey, I'm a staunch defender of it. Yeah, I believe um, that. It's great, and it's very earnest, and it's very... Like, it's exactly what you'd expect from a Wonder Woman movie, which is, you know, earnest and loving and not dark and gritty and... I love you that. Know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so if you want a Patreon uh, $5 tier... No, there's no Patreon! <laughs> of, of me watching Wonder Woman 1984, like, just hit us up. There's absolutely not going to be a Patreon. Five anyway, here. so we... Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman, pretty much, the the reason that they're the Trinity is they're all kind of created around the same time and yep. kind of established DC Comics as a, as a shared universe, I mm. suppose. She was created in 1938? No. 1939? 1941. Oh, really? She okay. had her 80th birthday last year. Okay. So she was right in, the, in World War II. Yeah. Yeah. It's created yep. by William Moulton Marston, who is was a psychologist, and I believe created her something to do with his uh, mistress, mm-hmm. influenced by his yeah. mistress at the time. <laughs> like not a strong, not a strong way to come into the <laughs> into the world, but 
with an enduring legacy. Oh, I think it's great. Like, it, it makes sense if you look at all the imagery of lassos and uh, like bands around bands your wrists. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, we could we could dive into that if we wanted. <laughs> but we're not talking about that we're not today. Talking about that. So we're looking at two distinct Wonder Woman runs to go with our theme of what is it? Introduction. Oh yeah. And... So this is a mini series. We're going to break this all up into mini series, and this one's going to be called Origins and Entry Points. So we're yep. going to look at different reboots and different. You know, the comic book publishers always create new entry points for readers to come in because they love money. Yeah. And yeah, so we're going to look at uh, George Perez's. Well, no. It's Wonder Woman, uh, Gods and Mortals. Gods and Mortals, published in 1986. Yeah. And then Greg Rucker and Nicholas uh, Scott's Wonder Woman Year One, published in 2016. Correct. So, yeah, let's just let's just get into it. Yeah. Okay. So, like last week, we'll start with the earlier one. Yep. George Perez. Um, do you wanna... anything you want to anything you want to say about George Perez? Um, yeah, George Perez is a industry legend mm. all around. Like every time you hear about him, talked about in interviews or when he's in interviews himself, people love him. He's a good dude. Nice guy, TM. The nice guy of the industry. Mm. Yeah, and he's he's been around. I think at this point in his career in 1986, he'd drawn for Marvel and DC. He's just come off doing Crisis on Infinite Earths as well, mm-hmm. which is kind of the big universe reboot that inspired this comic, I think. Yeah, big time. Like, you know, so many other characters, Crisis on Infinite Earth basically yeeted (laughs) Wonder Woman into nothingness again. Yeah. And the publishers didn't know what to do with her. Um, She'd already had a fairly convoluted backstory. A lot of creators, I think, just didn't really know what to do with her for ages. And then George Perez came in um, with... A pitch that he'd had uh, previously had, and that he—I think he'd started on um, Teen Titans. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so this was a an opportunity for him to come in and kind of finish what he started in terms of coming up with a like a mythology, a mythology of how not only Wonder Woman but like Themyscira and the Amazons all come to be. Yeah, I think this is also his first go writing like full credited as a writer as well as an artist because yeah well he's 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 credited on every issue as a co-plotter yeah he's greg potter is the like the co-writer with Mm, him the the scripter yeah Mm. which is interesting and we'll we'll get into it but it kind of there is a trend of like artists who go into writing who tend to overwrite little verbose you reckon this comic (laughs) It's a it's a talky comic. <laughs> I will be honest. I cracked this comic. I thought I could maybe knock it out this morning. Nah, dog. Yeah, and I opened it. I opened all 190 pages, and I looked at it, and I said, "Oh shit!" It's a wordy comic. <laughs> it's a wordy comic. But it's not to its detriment sometimes. No, and I don't think it, at any point to its detriment. I think um, it, it gives it a very epic kind of scale. Like yeah. it feels like a. Greek text, almost. And that's what I find so interesting about it, that this is, like, basically entirely... It's almost, like, entirely from the perspective of these... The gods. Yeah. Like, we'll get into the Greg Rucker one, but... Um, yeah, this this is George Perez making a mythology. Yeah, and he starts with... How the Amazons, how get, the Amazons made. get made. Yeah, he goes right back. And he has, the, he has this theory, or he has this, this idea that... The Amazonians are all murdered women. Yeah, which I, is prehistory. Who got re- resurrected? Who got as, resi- re- resurrected as you know these demigods? Yeah, warrior um, women living on an island. Yeah, like birthed of Gaia. Yeah, uh, and, and it's interesting, and it's it's cool. It's an idea, and it's you know it's the it's the Greek gods, the old gods in DC kind of terminology. Trying to stay relevant and trying to find yeah. a way of these mortals kind of to worship them again. Yeah. And so the gro- the gods like Aphrodite and Athena and yeah, all Hermes the just, all the girl boss gods, all the go- and Hermes. Hermes <laughs> yeah. is also like there. He's the wife guy. 
<laughs> he loves it. They all they all decide to resurrect these women and create a new society of women. Yeah. And Ares... He doesn't he want don't, any part of it. He doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. He's, he's like men's rights only. Um, <laughs> not all men. Yeah, not all. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> and he has issue with it. He decides that's no no good. I'm why well, I'm absolutely butchering this story. <laughs> like, it's no this good. is this is a great story, incredibly like intricately plotted. Oh yeah. Only to have me forty years later to come in and be like, yeah, and then they <laughs> just fucking do this. And <laughs> this oh, is not what Perez wanted. Has a big suck about yeah. it. <laughs> Anyway, it's really good, uh, and it like kind of characterizes all the gods pretty well with just little little hits. Mm. Like when one of the gods says, "I think it's Hermes," says something about Greek gods potentially being irrelevant, and Zeus is like, "No way, dog!" Yeah, and then he goes, like, and then he lightens himself lighting. away, yeah. <laughs> which is good. That's a good Zeus bit. The but the rest of the comic it kind of follows. Um, it's it's the typical structure. It's the typical structure that. Hippolyta... It cra- really gets into that, crafts, actually. Crafts Diana out of clay. But before that, it has, like, all the Hercules stuff. It's got all the Hercules stuff. It's got it's got some... It does deal with some tricky-ish mm. little moments, and it's done in the kind of sensitivity that 80s comics were yeah, it's, known it's, for. Um, so not very... Yeah, it's dealing with, like... I think Hercules is the kind of... That they're like, oh, you know, he's not as good as you thought he was. Yeah, and, like he's. A lot of this comic, for me, was about the kind of um, men's claimed ownership over women's bodies. Yeah, and I think that kind of ties back in a bit as well with the original creator William mm. Moulton Marston's idea of like domination. Yeah, and creating a character who. Has agency, yeah. I guess. <clears throat> Absolutely. I think for the 80s, like, this is a pretty... It was progressive. Progressive, pretty intensely kind of feminist slant on an issue that I think, you know... Because around about the same time, we've got Batman Year One coming yeah. out. And, like, it's known, you know, Frank Miller... We'll talk about it, but Frank Miller's... <laughs> depiction of, <laughs> of of women throughout his career is, you know, laughable. Yeah. Um so yeah, like I'll be honest, I did I had to really like burn through this pretty quickly. Yeah. And so why don't, why don't we just get into the what the plot let, let's get into the plot more. So Okay. Diana gets born. Gets born. Get born? Diana get born. This might be the worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> um <laughs> on number 2. But yeah. she gets born, and then... I, I like that her leaving Themyscira. So, kind of the, the general plot of, like, Wonder Woman is, is she has to leave Themyscira to go to Man's World mm-hmm. for different instigations, but she has to go to through a contest kind of organised by her mum to, be, like, prove herself worthy. Yeah. And then she goes to America and becomes Wonder Woman. Varying degrees. This mm. way that it does it is not instigated by Steve Trevor, the kind of usual love in- interest. Like, I feel like classically it's been like a man lands on Themyscira, which instigates the Amazons to come over to the US. Yeah. And in this point, I think it's just they decide they need a representative. Well, I'm just kind of skirting through it now. I'm just trying to see, like... Because Steve... Turns up early. Yeah, but he turns up when Diana's already leaving. Yeah, in the that's invisible right. jet. That's right. Which um, is interesting, I think, and he... and it contrasts pretty heavily with Year One. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. Um, well, Year One also. We'll get into it in a minute. Um, yeah, and then once she's there, it you know Ares and Phobos and Deimos yeah. have been infiltrating man's world. And trying to seed hate and war. Yeah. Um, and George so, Perez. Sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say, well, Diana goes to a scholar's house. Mm. Um, She's great. She is great. Can't remember her name. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I'm bad at this. Um, Can we timestamp this? Timestamp this. Because I'm going to find it. I'm 
now just looking. I just timestamped it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Capitalis <laughs> is a last name. Yeah. Her name is yeah, Professor Capitellus. Is it Jane? Hang on, hang on. I'm looking at it here. I might just Julia Capitellus. Yes. So she turns up and saves her from falling off a ladder. Yeah. I love <laughs> Julia. Yeah, me too. Julia's got a precocious little uh, daughter named Vanessa. Oh yeah. And she Julia is the like. There's all. What I love about like these kind of comics is just like you just have to make the logic gap of like ah oh, there's only one person in the world that has enough knowledge about this certain topic yeah, and you're like yeah. no, and that's how they find it's just you know it's so necessary and it's so like it's just like great we need someone there yeah like Bang, a put insert like a handholdy like I'll guide you through this world yeah a little like a bridge yeah some sort of like human bridge yeah um Kind of works almost as making Wonder Woman like an audience insert. Yeah. Well, especially because the perspective on this comic is so varied. There's no... It's not... Like, we are such an outsider perspective. We're just what... Like, we go from the gods to... Like, we're not sticking with one character at all, at all points. Yeah. Um, that's true. And so I think it works to have this kind of handholdy. Thing. It works at establishing a lot of good threads that I think this does better than year one. Like, it works... You you get Ares right at the start, and you get his kind of motivations. Mm. You get, like, Steve Trevor and his, like, motivations as well when he yeah. comes in. And I think, like, his take in this is great as well. He's not the, like, Chris Pine heartthrob romantic character as he's in the movies. He's, he's just a an, middle-aged man! He's an old dude. He's and got, I'm like, hell yeah. He's got like a receding hairline. He's yeah. got these fucking hectic wrinkles. Yeah, I love this Steve. Yeah, I, I also love this Steve. And we've got Edda, Edda Candy. Yeah, um, Edda is good in this. We've got like the main... Like th these are all characters as well that the 2017 movie just absolutely like just plucked it. Like, yeah. This is all the stuff this that This is they, the foundation. This is the foundation. Um... Yeah, and so then, you know, the first major battle is between Decay. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who, you know, it's... This is a... Let's talk about the art then, because this leads me well into the art, because... Yeah, so The this, art in this thing is incredible. It's insanely good, and it, it has that kind of epic quality about it as well, especially when you compare it to, like, the other... Like, what we did last week, mm. Man of Steel... And what we will do with Batman New One. Spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler alert for a future episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <gasps> but Tune it has in. that, like, just super detailed line work. Like, there's heaps of panels on a page, but George yeah. Perez makes it work. It doesn't feel overstuffed. It feels a little overstuffed. But, like, I like that. But it also delves into this kind of almost, um, like... Oh, oh, God, I can't remember. My brain has just started to stop. But, like... Whereas Man of Steel um, was very much kind of based in a realistic idea, like yeah, the, the based character in reality. In what? What is it? This thing has <laughs> oh fuck me! I cannot think of anything. Um, <laughs> this has a mythic quality to it. Yes, I think. thank you. And it, like the art style mirrors that at times. Like yeah. at one point, there's a scene with the gods, and they're all standing on different, like in different. Plant, like the ones on yeah. the wall, ones here, and it's just like the way that George Perez does Olympus is crazy with yeah. just all this overlapping architecture and like it's a, so and, cool. And the way that he does Ares is uh, like kind of home base as well. That's that like mad mountain with, and it's just this like very classic eighties like villain fantasy yeah. place where it's got just like skulls, like purple sky, like lightning everywhere, and I'm like, yes, give me more. You just eating Let it me up. Eat this, and that's like, what I felt when Decay came in because we were in Man's World. It was fairly realistic. Everyone's proportions were well, and then Decay came in, and you just this. It's this Medusa esque monster, and all of a sudden the art style just completely changes. Yeah, or the character style, sorry, and it's it is otherworldly. You know, yeah. in a in a 
not in an alien sense, but in this mythic kind of quality. I think that's a good point, not in an alien sense, because I think that, like in Man of Steel, John Byrne has that alien sense with, like, Krypton. Mm. But this has kind of that more grounding in mythology, I suppose. Yeah. It, and- it looks like it's kind of drawn off, like, Greek paintings and, mm. like, myths and stuff like that. And same with, like, Phobos and Deimos. They've got this otherworldly quality, but in a in a strange, um, like, Titan-esque yeah, kind of way. Yeah, it, it feels like it's drawing on, like, kind of contemporary movies of that time as well. Like, you got, like, Clash of the Titans that has just come out, which is, like, that kind of stop-motion, I think, Greek mythology movie. Mm. And it has that this look of, like, dank caverns, skeletons and stuff like that, which I think this emulates a bit. Yeah. And even, like, He-Man was a thing around this time. I totally. Feel, I feel like People that. were nuts for this stuff. Yeah. Like, it was... It was just of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think George Perez kind of really homogenizes it into... Maybe homogenizes the wrong word. But kind of mashes it all into a very cohesive unit. Mm. Like, it definitely does feel of DC of the time as well. Yeah. He's able to kind of exist in so many different little lanes during this. Yeah. Um, yeah, the way I, I'm looking at it now and the way that... Decay kind of appears on page. Yeah, it really kind of de- dematerializes the like the landscape, and it, it's really cool. George Perez plays with layouts really nicely. Mm. And you're right. There's so many panels, and there's so many lines of movement, and you know, it's so it's intricate. It's yeah. So, and then you just try to think about like, I'm not an artist in any way, like yeah. a, a visual artist. Yeah. And so when I see things like that, and then I also remember that this is back in the day where they did it all. Like, oh yeah, that's all hand drawn. It's all hand drawn. Yeah, it's and crazy. I'm just like, and then hand inked, and then you know all that shit. And I'm just like, there's you made it so hard for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you did not. You didn't do yourselves any favors. You can see like George Perez like burning the candle at both ends, like 12 a.m. Just like yeah. drawing lines on a tree in like a background or something. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> being like need these lines. Yeah, but it works. It does. It slays. Um, Wonder Woman in this. In this comic. Like the characterization. The character, yeah. yeah. I really liked. I agree. It has that kind of platonic ideal of her, which is like peace, peaceful over action, I yeah. suppose. Action when needed. Yeah. But also I think one of the things that people seem to do and what I think Rucker does in year one is they really kind of lean on this slightly lost babe in the woods thing like she's a little naive she's a little childlike she's yeah whereas this one she's she's competent she's competent and she's not fully formed but she is yeah like completely able to do what needs to be done yeah I think and that like that's good for her characterization and especially as a since she never really had a strong identity before this comic I think this is really good for the character, especially, Mm. like, the fact that she doesn't have as much translation issues coming into the real world in this comic as she does in Year One, and we'll talk about that, Mm. I think is really good because it immediately, yeah, establishes her as competent. She's like, yeah, I don't know the language, but I'll get it in, like, a page. I'll get it, yeah. It's pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, damn, yeah, Wonder Woman can do it all. (laughs) And she's got those really classic 70s and 80s curls yeah um, oh yeah it's good George love, Perez like I love the curls this is an iconic take on the character well yeah because this is the one that then follows through for yeah like the know, next like 40 years 40 years, years. yeah this like, is like an Ur text for Wonder Woman mm. I would say well because this is basically like I think this is a good yep um, this is actually a good spot to kind of go because what this does is what Greg Rucker and Nicholas Scott redo yeah in year one yeah and you can see and did you a lot... see that segue nice. we're gonna talk about year one okay um yeah because like so year one for context was published around a similar publishing point for dc where they were trying to clear continuity up a little bit and make it easier for people to, to jump in yeah and yeah there's something of a fraught time for them yeah because at this point, New 52 is five years old. Yeah. And has 
completely shit the bed. Yeah. New 52, for reference, is a a publishing initiative that DC did where they thought they could just restart all continuity and it didn't really work. No. And it's... They love to press the reset button. Yeah. Which I think we talked about it last episode, but yeah. they absolutely love to press the reset button. It's They can't handle their own continuity getting out of control. Yeah. And then they let it get out of control yeah. and they hit the reset button again. Um, so, yeah. So, then Rebirth was... There was such a strong reaction to New 52 because of so many legacy characters, including Wonder Woman. Getting shafted. Getting shafted. New origins. And new continuity. New characterizations. Yeah, and that kind of grittier take as that well. That grittier take. You know, the the kind of main text was Jeff John's Justice, um, League. Justice League. Yeah. Which had a kind of different introduction of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, way more like warrior-like... Yeah, very uh, action yeah. Ag- Aggressive is the word, yeah. And so what Rebirth was, was DC trying to kind of then appease those fans by bringing a lot of stuff back to pre-52 continuity. Yeah, and like literally this is the case. Greg Rucker, the writer, he had done a Wonder Woman writing stint about 10 years prior to this. Mm. So this feels like a case of DC being like, oh, you like that before? Let's get him back. Yeah, which is what they did with Perez as well. Like, yeah, it's... They just seem to, like I said, shit the bed constantly on these things. Like, But anyway, so Rebirth came out. And at the time, um, we were talking about this off mic, but... It was published in tandem with another Wonder Woman story, a modern... Yeah, it was broken up. It was broken up by issue by issue, still monthly. Yeah. So this took about a year... To actually... To yeah. actually I remember reading it as it was coming out. Me too. And... Uh, yeah, it makes sense the way that you read it in trade form or in, like, book form, mm. that every issue kind of catches you up a little bit on what happened last, I guess, but also feels like its own thing that you don't have to worry too much about but if you pretty, forgot. I don't know. It's pretty light. It is light. It's, it, it's like, kind of jumping into it, they... Like, that first issue is... Excuse me. Like, it's just an introduction. It introduces... Steve Trevor plays a much, you know, an even bigger part in this. And yeah. He, and he's fully transformed into... Because I think Chris at this Pine, point... I think Steve at this Trevor. point... Chris Pine has been cast. Yeah. They're in production. Yeah. This feels way more like a base text for the movie. Which to is the what, point... Sorry, you go. Well, I'm just about to say, we're gonna, that's going to be a point of kind of contention for any anything published post-2012 exi- usually exists as a base text for a film. Yeah. Now. That is just true. the way... And it she's is. got, like, the, the film costume in this. Yeah. Which she's, is slightly different to the classic one, which is in Perez's run. And she's got, like, their... This version of Themyscira is even more kind of ancient Grecian. Yeah. It's less fantastical than yeah. Perez's take. More grounded in what you would see in the movie, basically. Gotta say, though, in Perez's take, <laughs> all the Amazons, white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Greg Rucker, but also the, it 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 brought a um an interesting kind of you know they they touch on it in the year one, which is that Diana's kind of sexuality is so fluid. Yeah, and it's something that just I don't think they had any interest in going to back in the eighties. Yeah, that's true. But they also don't. I feel like it. It's a little. There for the sake of it being there you in think year it's one. Fisted? Yeah, I yeah. just feel like they they drop it. Like there's that point in the middle of the comic where Steve asks Diana, "Did you leave a loved one behind?" And she says it. And but I I I couldn't tell you who Cassia is. Yeah. Like there's nothing more to it. They're like, yeah, Cassia, implying that yeah, it was well, like she's a queer relationship. She's but, mentioned earlier where. But you never see her. No, no, you never see Cassia. Yeah. And you never see them engage in a meaningful way. Yeah. But, I feel like that comic does this a little bit where it, it kind of says that it's doing a lot of progressive things but never actually shows you it. Yeah. Is this going to be another episode where, like, the 80s comic just cakewalks the... I don't, <laughs> like, think, it, I don't think it cakewalks that. I think it's more complicated than that. 
But I think especially this take on Wonder Woman is more focused on the human element than the mythologic. Yeah. Myth- mythological. Well, but <laughs> I think... one, And I think what we maybe should have done, because now I'm remembering, is that the coinciding storyline with this is incredibly mythological. Is it? Yeah. I, I honestly can't it's, I think it's all about her going back through the, um, the gate, the tree... Oh, that is. I think that's what that's what's linking the two thematically. So, for reference, listeners, the appearance of Ares in this comic is established by Diana basically finding a serpent in paradise. It's very like biblical. Yeah, (laughs) which is interesting. That it's it's very it's very original scene, isn't it? Yeah, like she gets bitten by a snake, and they're like, Mm. "Oh no, it's Ares!" But it's like, (laughs) but that's a different religion. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's the like. That's what Wonder Woman's always been able to do, is the, like... Kind of homogenize... A- ancient times. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there are Roman elements to her. There are Greece, like, she worships Greek gods. And they kind of mention that as well when they're, like, when they're, like, Diana's about... a Roman name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they keep... Greg Rucker keeps calling himself out. Well, not I him, don't think but... he's calling it out. He's calling out the fact that it's so difficult to kind of... It's not based on mythology, really. It's no. like a fant- fantastical take. Well, on especially Greek because you know Perez had the time, and he had those the the classic '80s overriding to really create a mythology. Yeah. In this one, like this, 2000, this 2016, I don't think it seems rushed. I think it's of its time. I suppose. Which is 2016. People don't want to read dense, like yeah, and spe- and DC don't want to release that, like yeah. They want to release a Wonder Woman that is going to sell copies and give people an idea of what to expect. Yeah. See, this is another thing. As I feel like I'm just going to become... I'm going to become the guy that is always, like, always throwing it back to, like, the publishers are just doing it because of the movie. Cause yeah. They are. Well, this feels like the 90-minute movie version of Wonder Woman's origin. Yeah. Um, for... And, like, that can be good at points. Like, it does build some good character relationships, I think. I love that Etta Candy and Minerva in this get a little... A little horny for one another? <laughs> yeah, a little yeah. queer. Not not subtext even, which is good. No, like, no, it's fully textual. Yeah. yeah. What, what is the bit where she's like, oh, you're familiar with Sappho's poetry, are you? And yeah, because she's like, yep. Minerva says, oh, sweet Sappho. And then Etta's like, oh, Sappho, huh? Yeah. And I was like, that's on the nose even for this comic. <laughs> but... Um, you're one of them. You're one of them. <laughs> but yeah like this is definitely the same story that Perez is telling but light yeah the gods come in but they come in they're barely there they're barely there they're 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 in their their animal forms because the comic just doesn't have time to delve into them yeah but I think it's placing more real estate on developing those human relationships yeah like I wrote a note that I think the the relationship between Hippolyta and Diana is better in Hippolyta. this. Hippolyta. Sorry. Hippolyta. There we go. <laughs> wow. Damn, that sucks. That... <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's better, like, especially when you can kind of see when Hippolyta is doing the contest to decide who's going to be the Wonder Woman. And mm. she's like, I know it's get- Diana's going to win. Yeah. I know that. And she like yeah, it's like it's kind of a heavy scene where mm. she's like talking to her second in charge. So talking to a character who co- turns up in both and has a gun in both. Yeah. Um, both of these comics, and that's why like I find it so interesting is that Greg Rucker really has kind of just taken like everything that Perez did. He was just like, well that that's that's that how worked. you do it. Like yeah. why would I? Yeah, it is definitely that. building off that. And I think even Nicholas Scott's art in this, which is fantastic. Yeah, we've got to get into that as well. Um, is very inspired by George Perez's art. It yeah. feels like kind of a modern update on that. Absolutely. It's like extremely um, interested in the characters' faces. Yeah. And so much emotion. Like the difference in Diana when she's in Themyscira to when she gets to Man's World, you know, her yeah. look is so sad and downfall and like she's lost and it's yeah I like I just find this art to be really engaging it is really good I will list one minor gripe that I had with it while I remember it 
Um, not with Nicholas Scott, but over here. Um, shut up. <laughs> the colorist, um, the colorist, while I think is really good, Rom- Romulo Fajardo Jr. There's a little bit of inconsistency with Diana's skin tone throughout the comic. It starts off as kind of dark, yeah, and then there'll be scenes where she's like pretty noticeably white, and then a couple of issues later, she will look comparatively dark toned skin compared to like Steve Trevor, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of took me out of it a bit. Mm. But they they write themselves into a bit of a corner because they they're trying to say like that that um, you know Themyscira is a place r- devoid of race. Like yeah, that this is a this is kind of like this multicultural space, but without any kind of multicultural yeah elements. It's, it's, it's just you know, there are people of colour and there are white people and it's, you know, it's this kind of, like, mixed bag. Yeah, I think it is kind of going off what I was saying earlier. It's them trying to do, like, a diversity thing but not ever actually really diving too far into it. No, because you you kind of can't. Yeah. Because you're setting it in a... Fantasy world. In a fantasy world. <laughs> it's, well, like, that's what the movie tries to do. So the movie, which stars Gal Gadot... Yeah. Who Who's is well? She, yeah, she's she's from Israel. Yeah, and so she has an accent. And so to get around that, the movie decides that that's the Themyscirian accent, and then it gives yeah. all of the like Robin Wright in it is talking in this weird, um, like kind of sounds like she's making fun of Gal Gadot. And like for me, I'm just like you didn't need to do that. Like I don't not accept like Gal Gadot because she has an accent. Yeah. As you know, it, it's it, it's you didn't need to smooth that one across. Yeah, I, I didn't guess. need an explanation yeah. as to why <laughs> she sounds like that. Yeah, it's very much the like the X Men movie thing of like, here's why Rogue's hair is white. Yeah, you're like some things <laughs> just like, can be. I, I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. Um, the plot of this one, like I said, is is basically the same. It's it's like it's gods and mortals light. Yeah, absolutely. Ares has infiltrated man's world. But we don't see it until the very end. Yeah, Ares kind of pops up and then leaves after a couple of pages. Yeah. He has a discussion with Diana, and Diana's like, no, don't. Don't go, do go that. Away. Yeah. You're all bad. Bad. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, I am bad. <laughs> I'll <laughs> think about this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I'll ponder. We're in the um, Gods and Mortals. I might be getting that name right. I'm wrong. Um, it is Gods and Mortals. Great. He cries. <laughs> Yeah. He weeps. Ares is hectic in yeah. Gods and Mortals. Because he fight like he gets told, you know, that your your end is ultimately wanton destruction. He's like, oh, it leaves man. you with it leaves you with nothing. You won't rule anything. And he's like, oh, I'm sad boy now. Yeah, he he goes galaxy brain, he's like, Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> but I I think George Perez leans way more into Ares being a cackling classic old school villain, mm. which I really like. And especially, like, his design. He's a big, like, purple-black demon-looking armor. Yeah. He should be a little bit, like, cackling villain. Well, especially because they, like... And he has a base that is, like, a mountain of skulls. Yeah. (laughs) And they do him no favors by, like... They're like, yeah, yeah, Ares is just with all the other Greek gods. And he's the only one wearing this hectic armor. Yeah, everyone else is an animal. Yeah. (laughs) But... And then, like... It's just not really seeded in the comic at all. The the way that they seed it is by having that kind of paramilitary terrorist group called Sears. Oh, <laughs> not Sears, Seer. Seer group. The Seer group. And then it takes Dr. Minerva, who's like, like a PA, oh, who's like a doctor. It's she's an like, anagram. Oh. <laughs> it means Ares, and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> and then Ares pops up. Yeah, he feels like... I noted that. I was like, yeah, this is, a, this is kind of weird. Um... But what I think... So let's talk about the characterization quickly. Mm. We have a hard out in, like, 15 minutes. Mm. Um, so we don't have a lot of time. Sure. But let's talk quickly about the characterization of Diana in this. Like, I think I mentioned she's far more childlike. Mm. And and there is much more of a struggle for her to understand the language. Mm. Which is good, like, narratively, but maybe not as good for her character, I think. Yeah. Like, it, the struggle for her to understand the language and the way that it she kind of figures it out via Dr. Minerva, I think is an interesting 
narrative line. Totally. But that's why I think also, going back to that point, that I think this is of a piece with its coinciding story. Right. And that I, I think we've done this this comic a disservice by not reading Really? Both. I think so. I think they exist together. Interesting. As a way of contrasting, like, the character development throughout the whole, you know, however long you want to decide it's been. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. No, I think It could I be interesting that. to revisit that. But um, when I read it, I, th- I felt it was like its own separate thing. Because Nicholas Scott, the artist, who's an Australian artist, by the way, full yeah. rep, we love her. We love her. If you're listening, Nicola, <laughs> wow. <laughs> subscribe to our $5 Patreon tier. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's interesting because this, to me, felt like its own separate thing. Mm. But maybe it is worth looking into it like that. It, readers, if you want a recap on this Wonder Woman with the extra content, sorry, readers, sorry. listeners, let us know. Someone um, just hit my microphone. Wow. Holy holy Jesus. cannoli. Um, um, one thing i got to mention in this one is that um, Steve Trevor loves getting, getting heaps naked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nicholas Scott is yeah, yeah, yeah. so horny about Steve. But that's what I love it's about like, so good. It's so good because it, like he's genuinely naked for the latter half of it. Yeah. Um, There's a bunch of panels where he's just straight up in the nude. And it's they do that thing thing where he's also kind of like a lovable idiot he's a himbo he's, he's a such a himbo, himbo and this. i love it i love that and i love that it doesn't make him like useless it just makes him just a little slower than the rest yeah it's, it's great he's the he's like a channing tatum like yeah. he's great i think that's a great way to put it like especially Sorry, when <laughs> i don't think you're <laughs> that's dumb. not a disrespectful comment <laughs> no um, I think, yeah, when they're, like, in the mall with Edda and Minerva and they're all trying to explain things to uh, Diana and Steve kind of chips in something like, oh, what if we give her a can of soda? And they're like, yeah, and no, they're like you idiot. You dumb idiot. She's <laughs> never drank Get the soda. fuck out of here, Steve, you fuck. <laughs> and he's like, Jesus. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, yeah, and he's just like, I'll be over here if you need me. <laughs> Get my shirt off. Yeah, uh, yeah Steve's great. And I like that there is such a distinction between this Steve and the George Perez Steve. Yeah. And I can almost buy that that the George Perez Steve, the older Steve, is an older version of this Steve. Mm. And I think the Chris Pine version is like an amalgam of both of them. Yeah, I get that. Um, Because he... God, he's hot in that movie. Oh, my goodness. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, I I like... I noted here as well, just one last thing. I like how much... um, When they get into action, when the Seer group... Attacks See them it. all. What do you do? You think that's an anagram for something? Wouldn't be able to tell you, man. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, I like how quickly Edda and Steve go into action. Yeah, they're because they're military. They're military. People. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that is a good narrative bit, and it, it's believable. Absolutely. And then I also enjoy in this one how Diana we... stopped a grenade with her hand. Yeah, oh, that was bad. good. That but was also, good. also, like, because in this one, she gains her powers. Once she once she gets to man's world because some some um, Cause of birds because the birds in a jail cell yeah, yeah looked at her yeah um you know it's not perfect but it's good but yeah I don't know like there's not much yeah I was really chewing on this one for a while I don't know which one I want to get into so let's let's continue on yeah to what we think is going to come out on top yeah Do you I to... you go first Joe I I. I think it's I think it's year one. Really? Yeah, I just think like after I just think that's more my speed. Yeah. Maybe I'm a dumb himbo. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. But I need fewer words and I need more pictures. Yeah. It is definitely it's a more digestible book. Mm. It is. And it's also just like I think it's an interesting re kind of launch and I think it's a and we'll get another one of these in like five years probably written by Greg Rucker again yeah, absolutely <laughs> um, but I, I enjoy it because it does take it doesn't try to reinvent her origin story again it is the greatest hits of Wonder Woman a bit yeah, absolutely I get that which I think is good I like yeah. that 
That's fair. I think I'm oh, going to wow. have to... big disagree here. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing. I think uh, you're objectively wrong. Yeah, great. <laughs> well, I think I agree. And I, I think I probably like it more because it is more my speed. Yeah. I, I fucking love Gods and Mortals. With my history is I've read Gods and Mortals twice in the past. And I've read the whole George Perez run before. And it's so good... Everything that's seated here gets explored in, like, full length. Like, George Perez is leaving no leaf unturned. And I think for a book that is just, like, so dense and rich with mythology, that's such a good thing. Yeah. And, yeah, it probably probably doesn't hold the test of time with how dense with narration it is. Mm. Uh, But I still think that if you've got the time to chew on this book it is worth chewing on i and i think that's my thing is that i didn't i pumped through it in like an hour <laughs> like i tried this to, is a I, book to sit with and reread and, and also like yeah read read over the course of a couple of days yeah let it sit with you i just have terrible time management and yeah knew we were recording this afternoon and i needed to read the comic I, I think it comes down to like if you want and i don't think i either of these are any better or worse than each other. I think it's if you want a comic that is more of like a 90-minute movie, then you watch year one. Also, watch that movie. Yeah, good movie. Good movie. Um, Or if you want a comic that is a bit more dense, something to really unpack, Gods and Mortals. But a really interesting counterpoint to our Superman discussion last week, whereas I think because Mark Wade's... um, uh, birthright. Birthright is dense in its own way. Yeah, because he has de- he decided to redo the origin. Like he decided to kind of wrap his own take. Yeah, on the origin, which took just more time. Um, whereas this is a like you said, this it's, is it's the greatest, greatest hits. hits. Yeah, this is Greg Rucker saying like, no, no, it's all there. Yeah, and it has been there. Why would for I change years. it? What what good does changing it do? Yeah, I think it's that's an a good it's point. an update, not yeah. not a reboot. It's an update, and then it's like the framework for the movie. Yeah, yep. So oh, moving on, to moving on. Yeah. Our... Oh shit. Yeah, have you got a one perfect panel. I yeah, I think I do. Yep. Let me let me let me let me see it. We will, of course, as usual, be posting these on our Instagram and Twitter. Um, so follow, I do have follow sorry. us. Follow us. I don't know the. Tags you do, we'll do yeah, it Yeah, I'll put them up. Uh, so, my, I think my one for year one is this, this shot. I think it's 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 when Diana and Steve are throwing tanks around, basically. Yeah, and that's I think a good that one. is just like a classic shot. It's a very classic shot of Diana. I think Nicholas Scott's doing some really. Good, there's no dialogue. But do you know what's really funny about that shot? If you zoom in to Steve Trevor with the machine gun, I was loving really it. happily <laughs> shooting at Diana, um, it's extremely hilarious. It's basically a shot of uh, Wonder Woman and Steve testing the limit of her powers, and they're just both having a ball of it. Wonder Woman's holding the tank, Steve's going ham with a machine gun. <laughs> It's good. With a big smile. Yeah. I love it. And then I think my Gods and Mortal perfect page is this, which is just, it's an icon. It's like a pin-up shot. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's what we talked about with the Superman stuff last week. Yeah. Like, it's, you can't... You read a Wonder Woman book to get a shot like this. Yeah. And it's like, it's very much, her body language is Diana. Like, she's not aggressive, She's but she's got her... You know her wrist cross, mm-hmm. which is like that's the movie shot. Yeah, um, but she's she's loving it. She's smiling. She's peaceful. She's peaceful. She's yeah. the best. All right, mine is from the one from um, year one. Year one will be this one, which is Doctor Minerva and I nearly Edda, did can- that. Edda Candy <laughs> just getting horned up for each other. They're kind of doing their little sly smiles and they've, yeah. they've had a discussion about uh, Sappho's poetry. poetry. Um, and it's just, it's on the, it, oh, it could be really on the nose, but I think what Nicholas Scott can do <laughs> with facial expressions and, you know, really minute details. I agree. Absolutely just carries it. It slaps. Um, it slaps real hard. And my uh, Gods and Mortals page is... One second... Da, 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 da. It is uh, before they head into battle with 
um, Ares and Deimos um, <laughs> is Michaelis, who is Steve Trevor's friend, just saying, oh, I've got to pick up a few... Th- I picked up a few things from my car, and then he walks in absolutely laden with artillery. <laughs> yeah, dog, he's ready to go. <laughs> he's ready to go. He's got three guns, he's got a helmet, and he's got just, like, vests of, ar- of um, yeah, ammunition. Yeah, he had surplus weaponry in the trunk of his car. He had just surplus- such an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> he's just- ready to go. It, ab- like, in a comic book that I was, like sprinting through that made me stop for about a couple of minutes and just laugh that is some comic ass booking it is some comic ass booking <sighs> well, right, we did it we did it that's folks. wonder woman i i i'm a little nervous that we didn't do wonder woman justice because i i i need to do more research that's all right but we all know like guys look check out wonder woman she's, watch the movie she's so good these books are really good yes most of our ongoing series are really good mm-hmm um, you can find these books both on Comixology. The app is a little better now, a little bit more readable. That's good. Um, they're both I downloaded in them. print, I think. <laughs> cool. <laughs> they're both in print physically, I think, as well. So you yeah. can find them at both bookstores, at, at, at bookstores. Just at the two. <laughs> Just at the two bookstores that are out there. This is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> for context, guys, <laughs> this is a rushed one. I've just had COVID. <laughs> It's been a big day for everyone. Thank you so much for listening, though. Yeah, we will um, be back next week with... Rounding out the trilogy, we'll be back with Batman. We'll be the Batman. Batman. The Batman. Seen in cinemas. Yeah. So we're going to be talking Frank Miller's Year One. And uh, Jeff Johns's Earth, Earth One. One. Yeah. So if you want to read up on those... Have a wild guess which one we're both going to prefer. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, we'll get into it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We love you. Yep, and remember to follow us on our socials. Yeah, it's uh, at PressNPod. (laughs) 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 I think. Uh, It'll be up in the the audio description. Yeah. Uh, We'll be on Instagram as well. You got any any personal socials? Check me on Rowan K. Grover if you want to see weird shit posts all the time. Check me on nothing. Yeah. Stay away from me. Uh, Cohen, you have anything to plug? This podcast. Hey, (laughs) what a great producer. Uh, Cohen DeGroote is our producer. He's a fucking legend. Yep. Theme Um, song uh, written by and performed by Rowan Grover. And produced by Cohen. And produced by Cohen. Um, Yeah. You're about to hear it now. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week.